We hear again these words from our gospel reading. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At the wedding of Cana, Jesus turns water into wine. And a lot of it. John tells us that some six jars of stones, 20 to 30 gallons each. These stone jars, too massive to be moved, filled with something like 120 to 180 gallons of water, now wine. And the people had already been drinking much wine to the point where the wine ran out. This, no doubt, was a huge party, a major banquet. Everyone in town must have been there. Now John tells us that this is the first of signs or miracles in John's gospel by which Jesus shows who he is and what he is here to do. Now, when John uses this term first in the Greek, he doesn't use the usual word indicating merely the numeral one in the way that we would look at a case of wine and say that this is the first bottle and the second bottle and the third and so on. Rather, John uses this Greek word for first that indicates this, the template or pattern of all that follows. Now we know that after the wedding of Cana, Jesus Jesus performed many other signs or miracles showing his divinity throughout his earthly ministry. Yes. But at the head of them all, as the template or pattern of all that follows, Jesus supplies a wedding feast with abundant wine. Now we may contemplate what this means for us. The very first sign that Jesus gives to reveal himself as God in the flesh is a miracle showing that he is the one who supplies the feast. Now at the time of the wedding at Cana, it was the groom who provides the food and the wine at the feast. The groom invites his family and friends and brings to the feast his bride and her family and friends. The groom gathers them for a feast that will go on for several days, providing the best food he can and abundant wine for the rejoicing. Putting out the good wine first... Then, as the feast wears on, the mediocre or poor wine comes out. At this wedding in Cana, we know that the wine runs low. But Jesus makes sure that it doesn't run out. You see, Jesus is revealing himself as the groom. He is showing that as he now sets out on his journey to the cross... 
as he makes his way through Galilee on the way to Jerusalem to die, the people he encounters, Jesus, Jesus wants these people to know this. You have a seat at the table. I am the groom. I invite the guests. I supply the food and the wine. I make sure there is rejoicing. And you have a seat at the feast. You see, in doing that, Jesus reveals that he is the host who is never stingy. The feast will go on. The rejoicing will not be stopped. Now, the wine running out, that really could not have been a surprise, right? All wine is going to run out at some point. Any host is only going to provide so much wine. That's only reasonable. At some point, the road doesn't go on forever, and the party must end. At some point, the host does, in fact, become stingy. But Jesus turns this all on its head. When he is the host, the wedding guests drink all the good wine. Then the wine gets better and better and keeps flowing. They rejoice. Then they find out their rejoicing does not end. They look at the groom and see it's Jesus, the one set to sanctify his bride with his washing of water with the word, presenting her in splendor without spot or wrinkle, that she would be holy and without blemish. Now, how wonderful it is for us to remember that Jesus here decides to perform his first sign or this miracle at a wedding feast. Now, there is a beautiful part of our wedding liturgy where it says this. In marriage, we see a picture of the communion between Christ and his bride, the church. Now, our Lord blessed and honored marriage with his presence and first miracle at Cana in Galilee. So when our Lord Jesus is pleased to accept the invitation to this wedding at Cana, and to come to this wedding with his disciples, no doubt that Jesus is affirming God's institution of marriage. Jesus is blessing marriage by his present presence. Just as Jesus was present at that marriage in Cana and blessed it there, he also blesses Christian marriages to this day. And scripture is clear that Jesus is the groom of the church. Jesus is the church's groom as he poured out his own lifeblood on the cross to make her his own. Jesus would do anything for this bride, and he did do everything. Not only ransoming her with his own blood, but also cleansing her with the washing of holy baptism, presenting her as his bride. So today, in marriage then, the man is given to the woman as her husband, knowing that the Lord honors the man to be the one to love her, take care of her, and cherish her, 
as Christ does the church. To the bride, as the church is the bride of Christ, she is given to be the bride to the groom. As the church knows her groom, Christ Jesus, the bride looks to her husband for every good gift, desiring to hear his word of kindness, cherishing his love. Yes, it is true. Jesus is the host, the groom. Scripture does use this image that the church, and therefore you, are the bride. But that is not all that is there to this wedding account that St. John gives us this morning. You see, at the wedding of Cana, Jesus also reveals that you are a guest at his feast, his eternal banquet of life. And this, this is the pattern or template of all that follows. All else about who you are to Jesus flows from that. Because you are the, because he is the host and you are his guest, he takes care of your every need. He gives you clean wedding garments by clothing you in his righteousness and baptism. He gives you his body and blood in the Lord's Supper for the forgiveness of sins, which is the beginning of the wedding feast that truly has no end. Because you are his guest, his joy is your joy. And the joy of this feast goes on until the final wedding feast, when death is undone and all sorrow ceases. Everything that Jesus does at his banquet is to make sure that you are brought in the eternal joycing of all the saints at his table. Because you are his guest, he spills out every good gift and never, never with stinginess. Now, do we have guilt? Do we have shame or despair? Jesus knows our afflictions better than we do. But... But he seats you at his table, also clothed in honor, reconciled to him and included in his eternal rejoicing. Now, this account of Jesus making wine here at first strikes us as a revealing of his great creative power. But no, no, it is more than that. If all he wanted to do was to show his infinite power, he could have just changed a few cups of water into wine out in the middle of the town plaza. But then no one would have benefited. It wouldn't have been for anyone's rejoicing. That wedding feast was no mere show of infinite power. You see, real people from all over sat at that very table. Those people, they were real lives. And Jesus wasn't there to impress them with some magic trick. No, Jesus was there to bring them joy. 
He was there to reveal to them that he was the Lord who loves them, who was hosting them at his feast, who would never let their rejoicing in. So he made wine. Today, he brings us to the feast. He makes himself our host also. Now, Jesus knows the reasons that we think we're not worthy of attending the feast. Jesus knows that. But you know what? Jesus says, we still belong at his table. Not because we have any worthiness of our own, but because Jesus is the groom who makes unworthy guests worthy. You see, Jesus reveals himself as the host who seats sinners at his table and who keeps the wine flowing, never letting the rejoicing end. That Jesus is the host of the feast. And this is the first of his signs or miracles towards us. Again, all else flows from that. Because Jesus seats us at his feast, we may know that he forgives our sins, that he washes us in baptism, that he gives us food and drink of his table at Holy Communion. And all of this letting us know that this is his feast and we are his guests. This is the feast of eternal life. And brothers and sisters, this feast will never end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace rise.